Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Ethan Cassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, results strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have an awesome guest. He is an entrepreneur, advisor, three times INC 5000, and the founder and CEO of In What Language. He provides the platform to scale your organization with on-demand translation and localization services coupled with technology designed to help you grow. He works with many of the biggest brands in the world. So if you need to do business in multiple languages, in what language, we'll deliver it for you. Welcome, Crody Broderick, and thank you for being on my show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hello, everybody. Sure, appreciate the invite. It's an honor to meet you and I'm uh, grateful to be on the show. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Cody. It's going to be amazing today. I'm sure it's going to be heaps of value for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Sure, absolutely. So I'm Cody Broderick. I live in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah in the United States here. I, about 16 years ago, became deeply passionate about the language industry, the idea of breaking down language barriers and helping facilitate communication, streamlining that and helping organizations and people bridge communication gaps um, just sounded so interesting to me. So when you combine that, the love for technology, love for people and cultures and a love for business, I found the perfect industry about 16 years ago. I launched the company 11 years ago, going on 11 years. And we've been growing ever since, as you mentioned, some of our are highlighting some of our growth. So <clears throat> as you mentioned, we, we specialize in helping organizations um, communicate in over 200 different languages. And that covers all types of content and mediums, whether it's documents, websites, software, product, marketing, collateral, trainings, but also meetings and communication between people. So real-time phone conversations, real-time video conversations, um, interpreters for um, events and conferences, interpreters for Zoom meetings. So we support all types of multilingual communication. And then we use technology to make that fast and easy, um, whether that is documents, text, translation, videos, if you need voiceover, subtitling, things like that or if you want to connect we can help you so um along the way you know uh, my journey i've been a journey as an entrepreneur but then you get thrown in the front seat to uh moving into what leadership really means so the importance of actually showing up as a leader at your organization so i went i've got my undergrad in finance i went to grad school for information systems I spent some time at Harvard and MIT studying leadership and entrepreneurial elements um, to help. And so I'm just very excited about where we are as an organization, especially what the world has gone through this last year and moving out of that and continuing to um, help companies grow and communicate and ultimately create better experiences because that's what we wanna do create much better experiences for our customers in different languages as users are engaging with their products and their services and whatever's going on. So that's a little bit about my story. Yeah. Awesome. Um, very, very powerful story of what you've done. And, and I, I like the way you talked about like 
you know, how you sort of learned about technology, um, you know, there and, and, you know, MIT, Harvard, like, you know, big, um, you know, institutions and like that there of, of learning from, which is amazing because that definitely would help you from a business sense and then, you know, really package that into what you've done. And obviously being around for, you know, um, a long time over a decade is, you know, testament to having a great business, right? Because the stats is like, you know, less than 30% of businesses, if not a lot less, last that long, right? So um, you're obviously right. doing something right, um, you know, there, which is which is awesome. That's a credit to you as well. Um, so, you mentioned like a few of, um, you know, a few of the services and things that you do, and there's a whole range of them, which is amazing there. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about on-demand translation, which is interesting, um, where it's like you're there. So can you explain a little bit more about what on-demand translation is and, and how it works? Absolutely. So um, on-demand translation, we can kind of look at it in two ways, either some type of document or a PowerPoint file or a piece of content, right? A website page, a product manual, something that you need done rapidly. We have a platform that our, our customers can um, <clears throat> join and log into and then load over 50 different file types and have the ability to immediately get an estimate and start a project and get that translated and get that moved and have it, uh, have it turned around rapidly. Behind the scenes on the back end, we're working with over 10,000 linguists in over 100 countries that are vetted, degreed, certified, credentialed, and they work on language and then subject matter. And then we have a pool of project managers that helps facilitate some of that. There's a lot of automation and a lot of uh, uh, AI and things built in. Our system learns and gets better the more that we use it. So that's on the content side. But then there's also that real time engagement that needs to happen for. Uh, communication like this. What happens if there's a language barrier and you're at a hospital or what, what happens if you're at a nursing home and you're, you're or a doctor is trying to communicate with a patient in lots of different languages. So we also have a, an app. We have a technology that you can use uh, 24 seven, 365 on any device that covers 200 languages and you can connect to someone in about 20 seconds. So the applications are, you know, widely used in medical and healthcare uh, fields, uh, in legal instances, uh, education, schools, parent-teacher conferences, uh, things like that. So we're bridging the gap of rapid translation with content as quick as possible in a platform environment. We save all that content so we can leverage it for future use. So we're not charging our customers for things we've already translated, and our linguists are adapting and evolving and they're learning quite a bit better in addition to what the AI is doing. So we drive translation costs down, we increase the quality and we get it done faster. And then in the real-time scenarios, uh, there are just a, you know, a wide array of options. If you have, for example, an event with 10,000 people, but 5,000 people are on site and 5,000 people are going, hey, you know what? I wanna attend virtually. So how do you manage that and let's say it's in 15 different languages. How do you manage it for the people that are attending on site to put in headsets and the people that are virtual at home that want a link to connect? So we do that, we facilitate that. We can support you know, webinars with 200 people or a small panel with 15 people or real-time needs. So that's um, how we sort of look at on-demand, sort of speaking, both content translation and uh, verbal interpretation. 
Interesting. <clears throat> That's very cool. Uh, I love that. And um, yeah, so many, so many awesome things there. So I'm just trying to understand a little bit more about this. Um, like you said, if you're at an event, whether it's a hybrid event, like you mentioned, or, or just virtual and things like that, like a webinar. So you actually have something that plugs in and then people can like listen, literally listen to it in that language, like relatively quickly, right? Like on point like that. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you basically hit the nail on the head. You explained it perfectly. If you are attending a conference, the only thing you would get is a link and it, you, you can log in and you select your language and you can either listen or watch. Uh, so it, it's simple. For example, in, in years ago, we used to provide, you know, simply use the link. It's just like joining a Zoom meeting, put on your, your earbuds and you can join and listen um, immediately. If they don't have earbuds or headphones, then we can, we still have the equipment. But it's really quite simple to to join uh, quickly, either on site or virtually. Yeah, awesome. That's uh, that's really cool. Um, like, yeah, to be able to do that. Like, I'm just thinking where you know, there's some awesome events, but they might only be in English, or you know, vice versa, where there might be in, in another country, right, where you want to go and 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 go to something, and it's in a particular language, and you want to translate into English or any other language, and yeah, that just like that's massive because there's so many so many languages in the world, um, and you know that that's how we you know really connect with people and and to give us to bridge that gap um, and to be allow us and I think you know now with with the you know the COVID world or the slightly post COVID world that we live in now, it's gotten to the point where you know I think you got to look at there's opportunities globally a lot more now right in what we're doing so. How can we, um, you know, with, with what you're doing, it's, it's allowing us to really get to that global scale. So it's not like, you know, for example, for me, um, just connecting with people in English speaking countries, right? And say, I can deliver my, my services there, you know, that people speak English. I could potentially go to a lot of other countries out there and, you know, they can still listen and participate um, in what they're doing in business. So yeah, that, that's massive um, in, in what you're doing there. So I, I really love that. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got all those areas there. And, um, you know, I know that you also like integrate with certain things. You sort of slightly mentioned it. Do you want to maybe let us know about like integrations with other software, you know, key software providers and things that you have that make it easier for us to not necessarily have to change everything that we do, but we can sort of plug you in, so to speak, into, into operations. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, we have an open API. Um, so it's, it's quite simple to connect. Um, we have a number of, you know, high number of integrations that are already built to some of the most, you know, well-known technology stacks that exist uh, that many of us are using in business. Um, so it makes it easier to connect the, you know, what you're using, push the content to have that translated faster uh, and, and eliminate much of the old, ways of way translation translating content was done so we can eliminate up to 90 95 percent of the typical process of translation and localization with with automation and apis and things like that so uh and that that's also available on so that's for translation of content also available for interpretation as well so if organizations 
say, for example, a hospital is coming in and they have, you know, 30 different locations or a school's coming in and there's, there's a district with, you know, 75 schools, then how do you scale that? How do you set that up? And so each location has, you know, access, has rapid access, has real-time access, can, you know, separate users and access and things like that. So um, we do make it as easy as possible and as simple as possible for the maturity of the organization. We support small businesses, mid-size and enterprise, very large household names, Fortune 100 companies. But sometimes we engage smaller businesses that are growing and learning and they're starting to expand and their capabilities aren't the same. So they work in more of a manual fashion. So I think it's just, it's also important to note that we customize that based on where the organization is, their maturity of using technology and what they're ready for. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you're sort of, you know, you're basically end to end, like you're saying, it's like, you know, we can do you from like, you know, just ad hoc type stuff, smaller level, you know, it's not going to necessarily break the bank or whatever like that. However, you know, as you grow, basically, you know, they can, you know, you literally help them every step of the way, or is it the big fortune 100 big brands like you work with and go, you know, we've got the capacity, the capability, everything like that to be able to service the massive amounts of, you know, staff, clients, whatever it is um, in what you do there. So that, that's really cool um, in, in, in what you do there with, with what you provide in the market. Um, so you touched on it a little bit before, but I, I'd like to hear a bit more about how you've integrated AI into the business because AI is becoming a big sort of topic now and, and everything like that and, and how to help your clients, I guess, better and faster in what, in what you're doing. Right. So much of our platform has, we have integrations with uh, some, some really powerful engines from Microsoft, from IBM and from Google. And we're leveraging a lot of the AI that they've already built, pulling that in into our environment, into our translation management system and leveraging those API calls for automated translation, automated reviews, you know, uh, things that help us with um, uh, taking content that we've already translated, archiving it and leveraging it. So we don't charge our customers for repetitive content. For example, if we have a training, uh, a piece of training content that's provided in January and there are updates to that training content in July, our system will instantly recognize only what's new, the difference between it and <clears throat> we'll only charge our customer for that new content. At the same time, it'll make suggestions to our linguists uh, for linguistic assets, glossaries, word choices, um, and make suggestions for words. Because for example, you can translate the word run in Spanish over a hundred different ways, but it'll start looking at the context before the word and after the word and make suggestions on, you know, most appropriate way to, to translate the content. So the system is learning. The more that we feed it, it's learning, it's adapting. And then we can, the, the more that we feed it, the more data that we have, the more that we can train it. So it's set up at a customer level because um, we can, you know, our, the, the, the nature of, our confidentiality, we have to store their content at, at, at you know, their organization's level. We don't have a massive sort of bank of everything that we're leveraging, but it's a uh, long-term sort of investment on, you know, uh, an organization putting more content in and, and then us demonstrating those savings, demonstrating that value 
in our quarterly business reviews and when we're spending time looking over their accounts and showing the value. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, it, it's making it easier. And yeah, a, lo- a lot of stuff is wasted like that. That's amazing. Like, you know, if it's only 10% of the content, you only have to pay for, for 10% the second time instead of 100%. Um, massive, massive cost savings and, and stuff like that. So very cool um, in what you're doing there. I love that. Um, and in, like in general, in business, right, there's, you know, it's all about building relationships. Like, you know, a lot of the, the most successful people in the world say that, over half of their time, maybe 70% or whatever it is, is spent on building relationships, right? When you're at that higher level of a business. So that's how important it is, right? To be able to get forward, whether that's getting clients, whether it's getting partners, whether it's, you know, building, you know, your, your team, right? There's a lot of different areas and stuff there with how building relationships is one, right? So when, how is building relationships and what you're doing in terms of the translation and everything that you do in your business, What's the impact or what's the benefits that is it hap- you know, is that helping with your clients' businesses as well? I mean, it's really everything. It's everything for us internally with our relationships with our clients and everything for them externally. So the way in which that we um, approach our partnerships, approach our relationships, approach the way in which that we engage our customers, it's always, you know, at the highest level of their experiences. They're surveyed monthly, Um, we measure them, we listen to them, and we engage them in very unique and creative ways uh, that some sometimes are are just lost art forms. For example, handwritten letters that are sent out and there's some unique things that I won't share all of them, but um, we work very closely with our customers to build trust, to help them plan for what's coming and anticipating, but also to make it feel like we're down the hall from them. They don't know what we know. We're the experts in this. So we wanna help them mature in our space and understand the best way to manage their content, the fastest way to get it out, the mistakes they wanna avoid. So really leading them, taking a proactive approach to supporting them. And what that does when we're looking at their content, it relates to their growth goals. It relates to their, their customers, their employees, their users engaging with their content or something that they are, you know, uh, distributing or pushing out or communicating in different languages. So we are truly only as good as our last translation. We have to put our best foot forward, have to put a right plan and process the right teams of people to execute on that and help them because if we're helping them deepen their relationships create raving fans and, you know, big global customer bases that love what they're doing, we're doing a good job. So it's, it's hand in hand. It's, it's us building strong relationships with the client directly, but also helping manage their content. So they're deepening their relationships with their customers. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And, and I love the little touch about what you said uh about the like the handwritten letters and little things like that right like i think um you know being different in business right is so important in whatever way and how can we connect better with people because we're a little bit disconnected um in in the way that the world is and um the way our you know social media and the way the phones are you know um sort of controlling us to some extent right so how can we connect better in different ways so i I really love that um and and everything that you're doing there. So really cool. Um, Thank you. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, being able to communicate in obviously other languages with, with confidence, right. Especially, you know, it can be a game changer for business, right. Like as I was talking about, you know, moving into other countries. So what countries, I guess, are you needing to translate most into like what, what, where's the sort of the demand, um, so to speak. That's a great question. So we say 200 languages. That's a bit of a positioning statement because 95% of our revenue comes from the global top 20 or top 30 languages. Um, so we're working very heavily in Spanish, very heavily in Chinese, uh, very heavily in French, Italian, German, Portuguese, um, heavily in, in um, uh, a lot of European languages uh, and uh, those are probably the top, but the global top 20, top 30 languages are where, you know, the, the majority of the demand is. Yeah, awesome. Um, are, you, uh, are you having to translate much in Greek? I'm, I'm Greek background myself, or I'm not sure. Is that, is that happening? A little bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some decent volume in, in Greek. Yes. It's when we, when someone asks for a, like Icelandic or Navajo or uh, an Indian language, it gets really really challenging. We work with a local school district and at the school, they have 72 different languages of students. And so, yeah, supporting the teacher and the parents, the children learn the language really quick when they come into the school, usually like five to six months, but there's a big gap between what the parents can understand when they're trying to engage with a teacher. So we do get some unique languages. Yeah, very cool. I love that. And um, yeah, really powerful that you can do that. Are you also getting like, obviously, you know, like English is sort of the global language, right? And, and where, you know, you're translating. Are you getting much that people wanting to go from other languages into English as well, like the opposite way? Yes, um, not as much, uh, but sometimes we have to take content. For example, if there's a if there's content that's authored in Japanese and it and it needs to go to German, it's 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 normal to take that from Japanese to English and then to German. So sometimes, but not near as much as English as a source language and then into other languages. Yeah, it makes sense. And like you said, because you wouldn't necessarily have someone that knows both like, you know, the, the French and German or whatever it is, Japanese and German, right? <laughs> both languages they could translate directly, but translating it back to English and then doing that. So yeah, that makes sense um, in what that area is there. I was, I was intrigued. Um, so yeah, very cool. Yeah, One thing I would say as well for listeners or people that don't know, I mean, translation strategy is growth strategy. Um, there are little over 4 billion people online right now. So a little more than half of the world. And for these smaller mid-sized brands that are thinking about it, your target customers are four to six times more likely to engage with your brand if it's localized or adapted in their native language. Yes, if you're going to French and German, you know, there's a large crowd that speaks English. That doesn't mean that they're going to engage with your product. And you might think that, well, I, I'm just going to leave it in English because they speak English. That's not the point. If you actually want ROI, if you want brand loyalty, if you want engagement, you have to translate it and support them natively. So um, it is. But sometimes translations looked at as an afterthought, not part of a strategy. Yeah, now really great point there. I love that. And 
So in, in a very simple sense, like <clears throat> just thinking of a, of a, you know, a smaller type business, right. That's wanting to, to get this going. Um, you know, like I, I say a website, right. Like, you know, a lot of people use WordPress the majority of the time, right. Like, you know, for their websites and things like that. So, you know, is that something where you can easily very in, basically integrate and then you get that little option of, you know, do you want to translate into this language or something like that? Exactly. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. We have a WordPress integration. We have Sitecore, Drupal, Joomla. There's a lot of different content management systems that we have integrations with. They're, they're quite fast to connect to. And then when users want to translate and localize, it's, it's, it's really quick. So. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. That's very, that's very cool. Something I'll definitely uh, be thinking about putting on my list um, to get myself more out there. So um, what I'm more, intrigued about as well is what's your most used service because you do so many different things right what is i guess most used or you know a lot that that's um yeah really needed in the market well there's a massive uptick in telehealth and health virtual health care the ability to connect with a doctor or someone virtually or a care provider a professional an expert so um, especially if you look at what happened last year, there were no on-site visits. There was, it was so challenging to get any type of care uh, for people that needed it. And there are some really significant stories about people that were missing treatments and care because of everything that was going on. So telehealth has been a, there's been a big uh, increase in that. We're engaging a number of organizations, anywhere from 20 or 40 employees up to a few hundred or a few thousand that have antiquated old ways, they're still trying to find humans to come on site and have a conversation with a patient. And we're saying, no, you can connect in 20 seconds across any device and it's really easy to set up. So there's, we call it, you know, red tape or these barriers to help onboard and get people moving. You have to almost have someone at an organization really champion you know, uh, bringing that on and onboarding. Large organizations, it's different because there's procurement and they, they want innovation, they want change. But we're seeing a big uptick in phone, video, virtual telehealth, phone interpretation. Um, translation is a, it's just constant, right? Because translation encompasses so much. It encompasses multimedia and video files and captions and transcription and encompasses training and encompasses, you know, product marketing website, because all of that is text. It's text that we're either seeing on screen or that text has to be adapted, even if you're using a software program. Uh, so there's software, there's game localization. So translation is, I mean, high, high, high volume, but um, the telehealth space really picked up. Mm, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I like the uh, I like the thought of that, and, and you know what I think that comes down to is 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 the mindset, right? Like uh, a lot of people, you know, generally uh, are a bit hesitant to change unless people have a growth mindset, right? But if you're sort of you know, and and um, no offense to um, to the people that are you know like later down in the journey of life, right? But as you get older it's naturally that we become more, we became naturally, not everybody, um, it's a generalization, but we can become more comfortable, become more set in our ways, right? Um, in there because 
you know, you've been doing something for 50 years or 70 years or whatever it is, right? And you're like, I know this is the way that I do things, right? Whereas it's, it's you know, the longer you do a habit, they say, is the harder it is to break. That's the general gist, yeah. right? You know, if you've been smoking for 50 years, you know, for you to quit smoking, it's going to take a lot than someone's been smoking for five years, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I'm just saying it's older people in general, but it's just how long you've been doing something for. So for you, I guess that would be a, like a barrier in, in shifting the mindset of people saying, hey, there is a better way of doing things like that. So you finding, um, I don't know, I'm just putting out, that, I don't know if you do this, but there's any sort of mindset shifts or things that you do with certain businesses to help, um, yeah, getting, getting the staff and that on board. Yes, I would say for any of the businesses that are out there that are smaller and getting up and moving, it's really important to look at the, uh, the influencers at, you know, the organization that you're targeting or who you're trying to work with, you know, and get two or three people that are part of that decision because you can, you can have a blocker, you know, someone that, that is resistant to the change. They might feel threatened. Maybe if we implement technology, they lose a part of their job or their role because we're automating it. So there's a few things that you have to consider when you're looking at some of those types of deals, who's in the sales cycle, who are influencers and positioning it for a win, essentially. Yeah, no, really cool. Um, it's very interesting the way it all, it all works and stuff like that. Um, and so I'm just thinking like outside of business and stuff wise, um, if, is there, is there any focus on, on general stuff? Like if there isn't, that's fine as well. Like let's just say like a lot of people like to travel. I know that we're not traveling much at the moment um, around the world because of the situation. Um, but basically if we want to do that, um, is, there, is there any methods of, of you, I don't know if you currently do this or anything like that about like helping people if they're wanting to travel and stuff and be able to understand more about what's going on, whether it's before, during or after or anything like that as well? Nothing at a B2C level where we're all B2B provider. That's a common question because people are like, oh, wow, if I, if I go to France and I need to order some lunch, I can pull your app up, right? So that we don't do anything to support B2C at least yet. Yeah, that's all right. Um, you know, like you said, it's a good question to ask, right? Because some other people might be thinking about it. Um, so more about business guys and and uh, making a, a bigger difference, right? Uh, on, on your team and, and the people that you're, you're serving, you know, with your products and services and things like that, uh, where communication is really important. So now that, that's really awesome. Um, and I guess, you know, when, when you've implementing this into businesses and let's, let's maybe, cause the majority of people are not going to be from the fortune 100 companies, right. That listen to this. They're going to be, um, you know, small, medium type, you know, enterprises or somewhat large. Um, mm-hmm. What, when you're implementing this into the businesses and things like that, what, what challenges, what issues, what um, mistakes maybe are you finding, um, you know, that people are doing that's maybe, um, you know, holding them back or things like that into really getting the most out of it as well? Well, early on, proper market research to understand, well, why would I want to go to France over Germany? Or why would I want to go to Portugal over Spain? Or why do I want to do all four of those locations at the same time, right? What does the investment look like um, into moving into those, those areas? 
and then um, you know is the team in place to help kind of support uh, what needs to be done to get content translated to get it up um, to support it if people have any questions and from a, a customer support perspective if they're looking at social media so I think it's um, you know I think it's just important for organizations to to understand first of all it, it's very smart I mean the world is shrinking every day you should be out there you should really be looking at global markets but just uh, you know build out a plan um, where you can start to really measure how you do on one or two or three markets and as that goes well and you get your feet wet then scale it you know nail it and then scale it then go into some other markets i see a lot of organizations that are like we're going to go in 20 languages and we have to you know step them back and say look that's music to our ears we love that we would love that help us understand what this looks like from an internal standpoint you know what languages what markets have you gone to already um what's the goal here so coming in as a strategic advisor and kind of consultant that way but just making sure they have a, a real go-to-market plan and strategy. They can, at least in the United States, there are a number of open door resources um, that our government provides to help small businesses and mid-sized businesses do that from, you know, free market analysis and free market research to um, helping find people that are in country. Like I could, I could go to our local, it's called U.S. Commercial Services, and I could say, hey, look, I need X, Y, and Z in Sydney, and this is the output that I'm after. And much of that service is free, if not um, really low in cost. And some businesses don't even know it exists. Who else could you better have than the US government going in market, leveraging their relationships and their strength to try to help you grow? So I think that, you know, you just need a good strategy and a good plan um, to execute against. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, and the support to back it up, right? Like, it's like, you can't just go into something and not have the resources there. You got to make sure that you're supporting it well enough so that you can succeed. You don't have bottlenecks um, in the business to, to stop you from doing that. So yeah, really awesome. Exactly. That, that's very cool. Um, and I guess from a, you know, as we're sort of getting, wrapping this up, you know, you, you've been in business for a long time, right? Over a decade, which is awesome, right? Um, so you're obviously doing something right here. And, and you know, a lot of people, um, you know, the stats are a lot of businesses fail, but obviously a lot of businesses can do well, right? Um, you know, as long as they're, um, you know, getting the right help, whether it's coaches, mentors, or advisors, I know you do advising, right? Um, you know, in what you've done uh, currently and in the past. Um, so what would you say to people that, you know, are really wanting to grow their business properly um, and, you know, what to look out for, what to avoid or more. So like what, what advice or what to focus on um, to help them to ensure that they can last over the decade like you in their business, um, you know, to, to really help them move forward. Um, I would just say that you need to just keep your vision and stay really hungry. You know, you have to have a vision that you're pursuing. The vision can evolve. That's fine. It can be a little bit different, but you're going to want to set some bigger goals uh, and then put yourself in a state of, you know, sort of active expectancy, expect things to happen and, and, and go out and make it happen. Have that drive to go find the resources that you need. It's never a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Uh, 
with an individual, the resources are super easy for us to, to go after. So if there's the known unknowns, things that you don't know, that's fine because we all look in hindsight, look at ourselves two, three years back and kind of laugh and go, oh, if I had only known then what I know now. So you can seek that, you know, if you're looking for someone that's an expert in a certain field, then go find them and ask for their help. I promise they'll give it to you. Uh, because you're being, just be vulnerable, be real, be authentic about where your, your uh, deficiencies are, how that relates to your growth path, and then your hiring. Fill those gaps with people that can help you do that. And um, just keep that vision and that hunger alive because you, you're going to go through challenges. It could be a recession. It could be a COVID. It could be, um, it could be a big bomb that goes off in your industry and technology is really changing. You have to really kind of think about what, what am I looking for three years down the road? What do we want the business to be like? And what are we doing today or next month to help build on that? And then just take action. Yeah. Love that. What a way to end. Amazing points there. And I hope everybody was writing that down and, and noting that and, and really taking action on, on those actions there. So really awesome. So Cody, you know, we correct, connected through our networks where I learned about your awesome journey on providing the platform for businesses to build relationships and do business in multiple languages globally. You have worked with many of the biggest brands in the world, which confirms the high quality and delivery of your services. You know, being a, you know, around for over a decade, you're, you're an awesome guy. So I'm sure you continue to succeed and make a difference globally. I'm very grateful that we connected. I look forward to work with you in the future. So how can people find you and get in contact with you? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to share. It's been great to be on. So thank you. Appreciate that. So um, you can go to um, inwhatlanguage.com. That's our website there. And it has uh, an overview of our services, all the categories, our technology, our approach to that. And of course, um, all the contact information there. I personally on LinkedIn, so you could find me, it's just LinkedIn and then backslash Cody Broderick, B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K. So you can find me there um, and happy to answer any questions and uh, anything that comes up about best practices in, in our industry. We're certainly very passionate about it. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Um, yeah, that was amazing. So thank you so much. Um, so and yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. Uh, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you'll know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. Have a great day. Okay.